Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful words of life. Isn't it wonderful to live in this day and in this time with Jesus, our Savior? He's our Lord, our King, our soon coming King. What a time to be alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. Father God, we love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We thank you, Father God, for uh, this next few minutes that we get to talk about you and to glorify your name within the sound of my voice. Hallelujah. All who will hear, Lord, will know that there is a God of heaven and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, we're asking you through the power of the Holy Spirit to sit upon this time of teaching, this time of learning, and, Father, be glorified glorified in everything that we say and in everything that we do. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory for it in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We're talking about in this session history and how history, the history of man becomes his story, the story of Jesus through his death, burial, his resurrection and in his reigning. Praise God. I want to read to you out of Hebrews, the entire second chapter and begins. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But, in a, in, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor, and didst set over him the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham." 
Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor and to help them that are tempted. That's reading through Hebrews, amen, the second chapter. So we're talking today about history and how history has become through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his soon coming has become his story. Amen. The first thing we want to see is that Jesus is the fact of history. He is the fullness of history. He is the great subject of history. He calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. He calls himself the first and the last. And we know that from the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, in chapter 3 and verse 15, amen, God himself says that it is the seed of woman that is coming to bruise the head of the serpent. And he did so in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection, being raised from death having the keys of death and hell, he destroyed and paralyzed the work of the devil and freed man from the fear of death. Death now has no fear over the believer. Why? Because the believer knows that there is a life better than this one. There is a life beyond the grave. Hallelujah. There is a resurrected life. And we know that if we go by way of the grave or if we go by rapture, we know forever and throughout eternity, we're going to be with our Savior, the Lord Jesus. We know that is a fact. And millions upon millions and billions of people have seen that, amen, and have received it. It has become in their life the fact of history. Jesus is coming again. He came the first time. Over 300 prophecies, amen, spoken by holy men of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, uh, foretold of his coming, and he came the first time. And just as it is a fact of history that Jesus came the first time, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and it is a fact in our mind that he's coming the second time. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So all the facts of history point to him. He is the the beginning and he is the end. But not only is history and not only is Jesus the fact of history, he is the focus of history. He is the center of history. Think about all the thousands of years of the history of man from the very beginning. God spoke his word into this world and said there is a seed of woman coming. And we have found out throughout history that seed of woman was Christ. And we saw him in the scriptures for 33 and a half years living living among us, taking upon himself human flesh. And we saw him in the scriptures as the one crucified, buried in Joseph's tomb, but three days later rising up out of that tomb, ascending up on high and sending the power of the Holy Spirit, birthing the church, hallelujah. And we know, praise God, that he is the focus of history. Think about through all the history of man, it's always been about the 
one who was to come. And now he has come and his name is Jesus. Yes, the focus of history surrounds him. But not only is Jesus the focus of history, he is also the force of history. He is the strength of history. He is the energy of it. He gives history a point, gives him a direction, a purpose and a reason. He is the reason why we exist and why we have purpose in this life. Jesus gave us purpose, praise God. And Paul described it this way in his writings to the Philippian church. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What is God's good pleasure? That black pleasure begins with giving to you and to me his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, sending him to earth. For what purpose? To die on the cross, to take our place. Amen. And through his shed blood, God looking down and vindicating that righteous act, thereby pardoning, paying for and pardoning our sins through simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus is the force of history. And he has marshaled millions upon millions and billions of men to the throne of God. Why? Because God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have life everlasting. He is the force of history. But not only is Jesus the force of history, he is the future of history. Amen. Reading in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Let me read that 14th verse again. Amen. For you that don't think you're good enough, to you that think that you've got to do so much to get God to even shine his light of approval on you. Let me read again verse 14. For by one offering, the offering of Jesus on the cross, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Are you sanctified today? Well, if you receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, he has set you apart. Paul said it this way. He's translated us out of the power of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. He set you apart. He sanctified you. The Holy Spirit came into your heart and life and made you a brand new person inside. Amen. And now it's the Holy Ghost that's continually working in you, perfecting that which concerns you, putting to death those things that are not of God. Amen. And glorifying him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ is the future of history. He is the one that we're looking to. All the roads of history point to him and end up at his feet. He began history and he will fulfill it. He is the sum of all history. 
All history ends with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, history is all about his story of how he came to save you. And it's all about your story. See, your story through faith in him and through receiving salvation now becomes his story, his story of how he saved you. Amen. I want to read to you a passage of scripture once again out of Hebrews in chapter nine. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Oh, folks, I'm telling you, we've got a greater building. Amen. Hallelujah. That building is being built now. There is a building in heaven home for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And I say amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So history is all about his story, how he came to save us, praise God. And through Christ, your history now becomes his story of how you came to be saved and how he came to save you, praise God, hallelujah. So Christ, through his grace, he changed your history. He redirected your destiny and he caused you through the new birth and made you a partaker of his glory. Hallelujah. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Don't be afraid. Take heart, dear brother. Take heart, dear sister, because when we appear before the Lord Jesus Christ, all that which is bad shall be burned away and all that shall be found good in us talking about Jesus himself will be glorified and we will go into the millennial kingdom. Perfect. Amen. We shall see him as he is. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, and it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. But don't be afraid that you're being judged whether or not to get into heaven because your sins have already been judged on the cross. They were judged when you accepted that righteous act and asked Christ to come into your heart and life. And now throughout your life on this planet, you've been judging yourself concerning sin, putting sin away and it's in its place, putting in righteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Peter said this for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the power of the gospel of God be? For if God spared not the angels that sinned, we read this, we'll read it again, 
but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Hallelujah. See, this is the prophecy that will be fulfilled of all those who refuse to receive Christ in this life. But see, these are not speaking of you, dear brother, not speaking of you, dear sister. Like I said earlier, your sins through faith in Jesus' blood have already been judged and passed away, praise God. Let me tell you, for the believer today, his future's bright. But for the sinner, his future is very dark and foreboding. But for the believer in Christ, his future is bright. Hallelujah. God will make us very happy throughout eternities. Praise God. Hallelujah. How do I know this? Because Peter said this, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. There will be no punishment for you and I as believers in heaven. Brother and sister, praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're part of the family of God. The history of Jesus through faith and his shed blood has now become his story in us. Our life is all about his story. It's not about us. It's about him. Hallelujah. Peter said this also, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition and destruction of ungodly men. That's talking about the world that doesn't receive Christ. Brother, that's not talking about you. Sister, that's not talking about you. You've passed from death to life. Hallelujah. God put the love of God in your heart. He shed the love of God in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which he's given unto you. Hallelujah. Amen. You have another destiny. This world has one destiny. And God has raised us up out of that destiny and given us a new destiny. It's destiny of life in Christ throughout the eternal ages. Hallelujah. World without end. John said it this way. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why are we going to have boldness in the day of judgment? Because God's judgment of punishment that's coming upon the world. Amen. Is not coming upon us. We have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is. So are we in this world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now notice this from the book of Revelation. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Amen. And once again, in Revelation chapter 20, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great. See, when John said that I saw the dead, he's not talking about you, not talking about me. Because we're not dead, my friend. We're very much alive. Now, we're in our bodies now. But as soon as we leave these bodies, we're going to live with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, we're not being touched by the second death. We have already been touched by the first resurrection. Glory to God. 
And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friend, let me tell you today. History is all about his story, how he came to save. And I'm telling you that when you and I were born, we were born into sin. Our destiny was to wind up in the lake of fire one day. But Jesus came intervened into our life and he redirected our destiny. And now instead of us going by way of death into hell, now we go by way of life into the presence of God, our heavenly father. Hallelujah. Jesus had to come the first time so that he can come again the second time. And when he comes, he will make all things right. All the crooked places will be made straight. All the mountains that men have made throughout the history of man will be flattened. And all the valleys that have been created by man's sin, by his awfulness, amen, by his decadence, all of those mountains that he built up in self-pride will be leveled and fill the valleys and there'll be one level plain. Hallelujah. And Jesus will stand upon that plain and he'll rule the nations with a rod of iron. And guess what? You and I, my friend, you and I will be right along there with him. Praise God, helping to rule and to reign in this life. See, his story is about this. He is the revealer of the father's love. Amen. When Philip asked him and said, show us the father. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not seen the Father? Didn't you know that if you see me, you see the Father? Why? Because I and my Father are one. When we see Jesus and we see him through the Gospels, walking throughout the lands of Israel, and when we see him appearing to the Apostle Paul and appearing to Peter and appearing to many others, we see Jesus. Hallelujah. We see him as the epitome of the Father's love. And when we see Jesus and we speak of him and when we read of him and we talk about his love, we're seeing and revealing in Jesus being revealed in us the Father's love. Let me tell you something, what the church is all about. It's all about the Father's love. It's all about the love of the Son. It's all about His love of coming and changing us and changing our destiny, praise God, hallelujah, and raising us up and making us sons of God. We are sons and daughters of God now. And our future's bright. Yes, He is the revealer of the Father's love. But He's also a redeemer of all that was lost. You were lost. We were born lost. But he found us, praise God. And he poured in the oil and the wine. 
He loaded us up upon his beast of burden and he took us to the end. Hallelujah. A place where we can be cared for. And he's coming again. Praise God to take us to live with him. Praise God. Not only is he the redeemer of all that was lost. He is the redemption and the resurrection from death to life. He has resurrected us out of death and put the life of God on the inside of us. Amen. Not only is he the resurrection from death to life, he is reigning as the king of light. He is the king of light. He is the light of this world. And through him, we have become and been made the light of this world. Light to shine out into the darkness. Don't be afraid of the darkness, folks. Don't be afraid of all the darkness that's walking in this world. Don't be afraid of it for one second, not a millisecond. Don't be afraid of it. Why? Because light always dispels the darkness. Just let your light shine for Jesus. Not only is he reigning in this world through the church as the king of light, he is also returning as the Lord of lords, the prince of peace, the kings of kings. Hallelujah. Amen. The mighty God, the everlasting father. Amen. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And guess what? You and I are going to be the ones Amen. To help him rule and to reign. So, yes, history is all about his story. He is the fact of history. He is the focus of history. All the focus of history surrounds him. He is the force of history. He is the strength of it. He is the energy of it. He gives history a point and a direction, a purpose and a reason. Hallelujah. He is the future of history. All the roads of history point to him and end up at his feet. He began history and he will fulfill it. He is the sum of all history and all of history will end with him. Amen. And history now, the history of Jesus now is all about his story of how he came to save. And through Christ, your history now has become his story of how you came to be saved and how he came to save you. And I say praise God and thank God for it. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful today that we have been chosen by you. Amen. Father, you took us. You saved us. Old things were passed away. And behold, all things became new. And now all these years that we've walked with you and all of these years that we've seen your power and we've seen your glory and all the times, Lord, that you spoke to our heart and you comforted us and you encouraged us and you empowered us through the Holy Spirit. Father, we want to give you thanks and we want to give you glory. Thank you, Father. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name and the Holy Spirit. We appreciate and thank you for all the minutes and all the hours and all the weeks and all the months and years, Father, that we've spent in communion with you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And thank you, Holy Spirit. And we say peace be upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, 
then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.